0: By the way, I I, I, um, I actually know Street Fighter, so.
1: Really.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Some say you doubt Shouldn't him. have said that. <laughs> I'm gonna I test you now.
2: What what is a what hadouken? hadouken? You don't know what don't a, don't a hadouken. What a hadouken. Uh, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't know what a hadouken,
0: what a hadouken, hadouken, is, hadouken and is, and if you don't if know, you know don't what a hadouken is either, then uh, you have a you problem. You have a problem. <laughs> it's funny
1: you say that. I've got a bit of a test for you. Cause, oh man. I noticed how you made fun of Professor Jonathan Brown. And okay. I'm not going to, you know, I've got to be fair and stuff. Are
0: we, are we live already? Are, yes. Is this being recorded? <laughs> it's
1: being recorded, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So let's start off with something easy.
0: Okay. Sonic Boom. Who's that by? Sonic Boom is Guile. Guile, very good. American. little old yeah. American Patriot. John claude Van Damme. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. USA. Best, right. best impersonation, French impersonation of, of American Patriot.
1: <laughs> All right, how about this? Let's get a bit harder.
0: Yoga Flame. Oh man, that's the guy from Thailand. Bagu? Uh, that's actually wrong. Yeah. No. Oh. Uh, all right. We'll be here. How
1: about this? Finish him.
0: Uh, Sub Zero, Mortal Kombat.
1: That is Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a bit of a trick question.
0: I was played in my mind was yeah. Sub Zero uh, saying "Finish him." So. What about? Get over here! That's uh. That's what's the... his name? <laughs> 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 I'll give you that one. <laughs> that that would be. Um, is that is that just Mortal Kombat in general as well? No, right? that's uh, know, the,
1: the guy that that's the, the Scorp- Scorpion or yes, Mortal Scorpion,
0: Kombat. Scorpion.
1: Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, very good. Mashallah. As-salamu alaykum. So. We have today, mashallah, uh, two Omar Suleimans. We have uh, the the Sheikh, the Peer, the Molana, uh, the usual Omar Suleiman, who's uh, on our co, co- host on the podcast. And we have the Dr. Omar Suleiman now. So, assalamu Alaikum, Sheikh. Assalamu <laughs> Alaikum. I think
2: that was for me. That was for me. <laughs> uh, you're the Peer,
1: up. And you're the doctor, Amr I'm am a
2: lowly,
0: lowly doctor.
2: No, 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 mashallah mashallah. mashallah. <laughs> so, you know, honestly, I have to say before we kick off that you have been the cause for a lot of disappointment. <laughs> like, people. <laughs> He's getting <laughs> <When> flashbacks
1: <they're... laughs> of... Uh, his... <laughs> well, telling him off.
2: Exact... <laughs> you Why... know, especially in Malaysia. I've up? been in Malaysia I've been in Malaysia a few times. Uh, I I'd do some work in Islamic finance. And people say, Omar Suleiman they become quite excited. And then when they meet me, the, the excitement very quickly dissipates. Because I think they're expecting Ooh, you. They say there, never there, meet uh,
1: your heroes, right?
0: A lot of Omar right? So there's the Omar Suleiman from Egypt. Yeah. Right, and then torture and chief. What I tell people is don't like it. So every time I'd meet an Egyptian, it would be, it would be an awkward uh, pause in the beginning. And I'm like, no, you know, do Shabah with... Uh, Sheikh Omar Suleiman Al Ashqar, Rahimahullah Taala, ah, who was my mashallah. teacher, and I used to say, you know what? Uh, compare me to Sheikh Omar Sulaiman Al Ashqar, not to not to that Omar Sulaiman. and there are a lot that of other is sh- uh,
1: Sheikh Omar Al Ashqar.
0: Yeah, this
1: middle name uh, Suleiman.
0: Al Ashqar, yeah, ah, and, his, and he's that. from uh, Tablas, which is where my mother, Allah as is, is from. Mashallah, He wrote
2: a book. Um, uh... What was his a really good text? Um, in Allah no, the world does um, Sheikh Abdul Hamid Kishk. The Islamic Creed series. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that's right. the series, and then he had uh, some other books, Tarikh al-Fiqh al-Islami, and others.
2: Yeah. Inshallah. And the angels series was uh, Sheikh Abdul Hamid Kishk. If I correct? Was he another um, or another well-known Egyptian? Allah. He wrote a really good book on the angels. Did you use any of that for your series?
0: Um, not, not Shaykh Kishq's uh, work in particular, rahimahullah. Shaykh Kishq is, um, is, is though, uh, like a, a personal hero, subhanallah, so he, you know, uh, I've spoken about, about him in the past on, on how Allah, azzurajal, blessed him to die in his sujood wow. on Jum'ah. He used to ask Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm-hmm. Allahumma ahini imama wa amitni imama wa ahshurni bayna wa anasajudnaka ya al alamin. so he'd ask Allah to let him live as an imam, die as an imam, and to be resurrected, uh. In, in a place of sajda and Allah blessed him with that on a Friday on Jum'ah wow. uh, as he was praying and he died in his sujood it was uh, December uh, I forget 1990 um, two or three maybe I forgot which year it was but subhanAllah he's a personal he's just incredible human being um, you know and someone that, that uh, you know this was a man that would give khutbas about the price of meat Right. This was a ma- so when you talk about the merging of, of deen and and the concept of adada and society, uh, you know, when Sheikh Kish obviously spoke about the injustices that he was witnessing in Egypt in the time. But it was it was very powerful and beautiful to witness the passion with, with which he spoke about with the common Egyptian uh, yeah, man dealing with rahim Allah ta'ala. So I didn't use his angels, uh, his his work on angels, but but obviously I have a great deal of admiration for Waheemullah. And may Absolutely. Allah give us an ending like his. Ameen,
1: Ameen, Ameen. I mean, I was speaking to Sheikh Omar, um, Dr. Sheikh Omar. I to need, to, need a way to differentiate. Just call me Omar, <laughs> yeah.
0: people bro. People are like really, uh, you know, tripping. Just, it's fine. You know, anything from first uh, yeah. name to doctor to Sheikh to brother is yeah. all good. Yeah, just
1: to differentiate both of really you. <laughs> just
0: differentiate me really. from the other, yeah. the other. So he's Peer
1: Omar peer, peer, uh, peer Suleiman and you're Sheikh Suleiman. Okay. Sheikh Omar. We'll go with that. I was telling, uh, I was speaking to uh, Sheikh uh, Omar a few, uh, like just an hour ago, quickly just to uh, let him know about the format and stuff. And um, uh, Peer Omar, guess what his PhD uh, is in? I was like, uh, I was like, congratulations on getting a PhD, um, you know. But this is a really nice, light-hearted podcast, you know. Nothing. Uh, don't don't be afraid. It's nothing too heavy. It's not. I was like, by the way, what's your PhD? And he was like, in jihad. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Getting hot in here, <laughs> but I do want to touch on that. I mean, it's very, uh, very interesting uh, I mean, a subject. Uh, but uh, what you said about Sheikh uh, was it Kishki? Sheikh Kishki. Sheikh Kishka, <laughs> uh, That kind of ties into your own uh, activism, you know, uh, kind of Islamic activism. You you built built up a somewhat of a brand uh, over the over the years. I mean, uh, Sheikh Haytham actually um, he. I think a few years ago when he met you he came, He was talking to us he said uh, he was at some gathering and he said this, uh, this Sheikh Omar Suleiman there's something about him he had a message Right? he was saying that there was a lot of people uh, you know speaking and sometimes you know everyone you just speak for the sake of saying a few words but he was saying Omar you know, Suleiman he's someone who has a message yeah and he was impressed with you MashaAllah I am to praise it to your face well, but I want to ask you what is that message <laughs> yeah. sister what sister is one. your uh, message what is your kind of uh, your vision uh for for your own personal dawah
0: that's that's a this is supposed to be lighthearted so first of all <laughs> uh, one. um I depends uh, what your
2: vision is isn't it it could be lighthearted okay <laughs> <laughs> um
0: you know it's it's um I, I think that you know obviously I think that a lot of people uh, have come to know elements of you know, things that I'm involved in, in different capacities, right? So hmm. uh, when I was, you know, imam in New Orleans, Louisiana for six years, um, you know, I worked in Hurricane Katrina relief, I worked in, in interfaith uh, work, and then of course, you know, primarily in, as, as the Imam of the Masjid and doing those types of things, right? And then, um, you know, now some people might uh, merely just interact with uh, sort of the, you know, the da'wah in terms of the angel series or things of that sort. Hmm. Um, and others, um, maybe through exclusively some people through the the element of activism. Um, I'm I'm not um, I'm not sure if I would summarize it all in, in one thing, but I would just say that, uh, particularly in that scope, I think that um, you know I, I'm certainly not alone in this. So I don't want to present myself, you know, as as being unique in this regard. There are people, mashallah, like Imam Zayt Chakir, who has walked this path mm-hmm. for many years, who's a forerunner. Imam Suraj. Cleaned up, mm. you know, entire sections of a city. Who's a forerunner? Who's a sabiq in this? There are people like Sheikh Dawood um, you know, still who's 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 just someone that I that I love dearly and and uh, and benefit from. Um, you know, there are people um, like Dr. Rami Nashashibi in Chicago. Um, not many people know him. His work with Iman and and you know the work that he does. So there's a lot. There are a lot of uh, examples that are out there that are, you know, I, I think trying to figure out a way to uh to revive with islam to to show people that islam in its most orthodox sense is of benefit to society and to uh you know to to sort of merge the Mm. fields of and uh to us it's not you know it's there's no dichotomy right it's it's public work and public work involves the element of calling people to allah and serving people for allah and serving people for allah has two elements the justice element and the uh, charity element right so and, and those things are all interconnected. So uh, I pray that Allah grants us tawfiq in showing and 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 being a part of uh, you know, bringing Islam uh, to the people uh, in a way that it is a benefit to them, to their hearts and to their lives. And uh, not departing from the sunnah in any way in the process of doing that, but instead um, reviving elements of the sunnah that are often not seen in the public space. So that's that's something that I hope to follow in the example of those those wonderful people, uh and 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 just people that do incredible work. Uh, I pray that Allah Azzajal allow me to follow in that example, and all of us to be following the example of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in that regard.
1: Yes, subhanAllah. I mean, the, I mean, the first uh, thing the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in when he came to Medina as a de facto leader is a statement full of um, full of wisdom. You know, salam wa وَأَطْعِمُ at'im, ta'am uh, Arham, Arham, Arham. Uh, yeah. spread peace and security, feed each other, feed food. Me and Omar and I like that one in particular. <laughs> yeah. uh, Arham.
0: Feed, feed other people by the <laughs> Each other,
1: <laughs> 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 uh, join the ties of the womb. And uh, pray while night while pe- people are asleep. So, I mean, uh, not to go kind of airy fairy about it. But obviously, there's there's a lot of lot of stuff. is comp- comprehensive, but just when you're the actual leader, the de facto leader, the, like the prime minister, president of a of a society now, your words that the words that you choose to give in that public address, that's powerful.
0: Yeah, and, and I, think, I think that it's important to recognize that most of the time the strongest words are the ones that are not spoken. And that's what Umar um, radiallahu anhu said, Kunu wa antum Be callers to Allah without saying a word, and they said how? He said, with حسن khuluk, with good character. And so I think that if we genuinely um, were to revive the aspects of the sunnah of the Prophet yeah. salam, that are benefit to the people, then that naturally um, um, will, will you know, attract the hearts to the call of the Prophet sallallahu of them And when he stood on a safa and he called the people, he referenced his goodwill to the people for all of that time. That if I were mm-hmm. to tell you there was a harm that was coming your way uh, from behind that mountain, uh, would you believe me? Right. So he referenced the credibility that he had alayhi salatu salam. And I think mm-hmm. that a good way for all of us to measure ourselves against the, st- the, the the stick of the sunnah and the sunnah is comprehensive in that it it covers every element of our lives every element of our family lives our individual lives prayer habits public uh service all of it is covered by the sunnah and all of it is relevant like mm. we can't say this part we shouldn't be talking about this we should know all of the sunnah is worth talking about all of the sunnah is worth challenging ourselves with its uh restrictions you know, and also what it gives life to, what it revives. And the a good way to to really measure ourselves is what did Allah praise the Prophet wa sallam, for in the Quran? Because when we think Sunnah, oftentimes we think uh, only about certain elements of the Sunnah. And all of those elements are important. But what did Allah praise the Prophet Sallallahu for? And what did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reference when he called the people <clears throat> to Allah in, in uh in Mecca initially? And uh, I think it's We should always be challenging ourselves with the sunnah in our family lives, in our community Mm -hmm. lives, in our individual lives, and we will always be falling short, which is the beauty of it, because that means there's always something to strive for.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of our sheikhs, they always say that you have to try and um, push for a a holistic tarbiyah, not just, uh, you know, because what we tend to do is become experts in one tiny field, and then we completely uh, you know neglect so many aspects. So the, the, the... the kind of um, the caricature is the Talib Elm, who's you know does lots of study and and stuff, but he almost prides himself in not knowing anything about politics. And the other side, and it was a caricature, obviously, but the other side is you know someone who's completely immersed in activism, but they they they've strayed so far away from their own <coughs> tradition that they kind of end up walking into murky territory. And uh, it's a crisis of tadbiyah, some people say, you know, that we need to try and. Uh, excellent, all these types of, uh, everything from the Sunnah. I and mean, Sheikh <laughs> said one one thing really, uh, maybe controversial, he said, if you, um, people who study aqeedah a lot, right, like go into the detailed books of Aqidah and so forth, like disproportionately, they'll be very bad at politics. <laughs> right? Like if you, Shaykh Haythim, you know, always said this to us. I mean, and years ago, I didn't really appreciate it until I maybe started seeing more and more people in different types of backgrounds and stuff. That the way they attack people in the political realm is a very kind of um, so. so breeds uh, studying Aqeedah as the science. It really breeds a very particular type of mindset, right? Because you're dealing with literally haq and batil, you know, yeah, iman and kufr
0: I don't want to push back, but but I do actually think it's healthy. Uh, It's healthy that some people specialize only in certain areas.
2: I don't think that everyone has to be the same way. Yeah, I was going to say this. It's even possible now for someone to be a generalist in that sense because the needs of the community, both our own and Mm -hmm. wider, is such that we need specialists in certain areas, but it's how they work together with each other where, where the challenge is. You know i don't think it's possible now maybe uh Sheikh will tell us differently but to know everything the complexity of our communities and and recently we've seen even more so how you able to actually deal with it uh, and be a specialist in everything you can't be but you need to have access to people who are
0: yeah i think i think the key is not undermining each other mm, right so yeah i have that would would never uh, go into a protest, for example, or, or they, they kind of, you know, they're in the, they're in the realm of tafsir or in the realm of hadith, and, and that's what they teach, and that's what they do. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I would seek nasiha from them in, in general, and I, I appreciate their their specialty, and they're sticking to what they're doing, and it's yeah. okay. I think the point is not to undermine one another, right? So Absolutely. I think that that's how there's the individual becoming more holistic, which we should always try to... Keep ourselves balanced by uh, properly, uh, you know, gaining uh, a sufficient knowledge base, even in the areas that we don't necessarily uh, direct our efforts towards. But having enough of a knowledge base to understand the realities of a situation, mm-hmm. so that we can give holistic advice. So I think on the individual level, there is the spiritual, the 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 uh, the balance of personal ibadah, You know, قيام الليل كانوا قليلا من الليل ما يهجعون هم وفي اموالهم حقون uh, the idea of, of praying at night and then serving during the day, and what that looks like for the person, but the division of personal ibadah and uh, and, and public ibadah, and then the individual, you know, having a specialty, but then an, you know a sufficient knowledge base in different areas, and then directing their efforts uh, in certain areas, which I think is healthy, and then supporting yeah. one another. We we don't want, you know, we I I, I don't think that the sahaba uh, had this uh, expectation of one another, right? that you have to be exactly mm-hmm. like I am. I think the great tarbiyah of the Prophet ﷺ is that he made not Umar radiallahu anhu into an Abu Bakr uh, anhu, or vice versa, but he made Abu Bakr anhu the best possible version of Abu Bakr that he could be. And he made Umar the best possible version of Umar that he could be. Yeah. And the Ummah needs the, the rifq of Uthman radiallahu anhu, the hikmah of Ali radiallahu anhu. It needs the, the quwa, the strength of, of Umar radiallahu anhu, and it needs Abu Bakr anhu in every way, right? But like the ummah needs that specializing. And it's important for mm-hmm. us to sort of say, okay, I'm not doing all of that, but I'm not going to diminish that person's value to the ummah right now. Like if mm-hmm. someone is analyzing uh, ideological trends and writing about ideological, like I can value that. If someone yeah. is focusing on the classical sciences and teaching that and and not diminishing, not belittling people that are uh, maybe doing other elements or, or working in other spaces, but uh, sticking to their specialty. Like, I can, I can admire that and appreciate that, but what needs to happen, inshallah ta'ala, is more of us uh, working together, um, helping each other understand what we're doing, mm. and, uh, and, then, and then you know working as one, as one ummah, inshallah ta'ala, for, uh, for the betterment of, of, of everyone around mm. us.
1: SoundCon guys, sorry to butt in, eh? but if you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to islamtunisie. forward slash donate to help us make more. And if you're not enjoying it, head over anyway and help us make better ones. How, how do you think? How do you think we can get to that level, though? Because um, I mean, maybe maybe I'm just kind of disproportionately uh, exposed to people, the haters, <laughs> basically, uh, because. Often, what happens is people belittle the other person because their interest is in this area, and that person doing something else. And as you've mentioned, we need we need that variety. You know, I mean, we need we need people who, uh, organisations and stuff that rub shoulders with politicians that shake hands with you know, evil people for the sake of you know uh, a, a particular very specific goal. And we need people who, uh, you know. Um, talk about the theory and, and elucidate the what is truly haqq and batil and so forth. But it's it's poisonous when they're kind of refuting each other and when they're undermining each other and we're saying, no, no, you have to do things this way rather than acknowledging that the Ummah needs different types of organizations and stuff. How do you personally, you know, go about trying to inculcate that, that, I want to say pluralism, but, uh-huh. uh, you know, that, that yeah. kind of, differing on your focus but ultimately understanding that that is better for us as a whole as a
0: community so is is actually healthy right difference is healthy it's it's how do we learn to both privately and publicly Mm -hmm. disagree uh, without cutting people off or or, you know really utilizing the tools of our enemies against ourselves right if you if you you know, when we start utilizing the tools of, you know, the the enemies of Islam against each other, right? You know, that's just a really bad sign of where we're at. Um, and so I think it's important for us to say, that, you know, private, there there are private spaces that, that are important that we're lacking. And there are public spaces that are important that we're lacking. Uh, the private spaces, you know, subhanAllah, anytime you can remove any element of performance or spectatorship and just... Facilitate uh, good, strong, you know, bonding between people. Spaces where people humanize one another. They get to understand the background of a person. Why are you mm. so interested in this area? Why do you do this? And so that takes part with bringing ridama of different strands together, uh, facilitating you know conferences, not public conferences, at least not initially, but private spaces mm. where people meet. Uh, get to talk to one another, get to develop that basis of uhuwa with one another, just brotherhood. uh, In in real life. (laughs) Yeah, you you see someone in real life, and it's a lot harder for you to trash someone online (laughs) if you've dealt with them, you know, in a a brotherly way on site, you know, you've got to know that person. So I think facilitating uh, uhuwa, brotherhood, Mm. because those, those are sacred bonds that should not be violated in any situation. And then building on that, facilitating private spaces where... You know, deep debate can happen uh, because we need deep debate about our approaches. We need to be able to see each other's blind spots and and help each other out and give each other an al And I think publicly, um, you know, when's the last time you saw like a a Twitter debate end well? (laughs) It's like everyone, you know, you throw people throw Mm -hmm. stuff at each other and then it's just done. Right. Just cut each other off. Uh, I think that one of the great harms of invalid uh, critique, which is just mean-spirited, slander, you know, bunching, splicing pictures together and, and creating a false narrative, is that it really drowns out, like, very valid critique yeah. and very valid spaces. And I think the majority of critique is valid. Like, I think the majority of criticisms that would happen are actually valid criticisms, but then they get bunched in with the noise and it immediately becomes tribal. So That's, it's like... Uh,
1: it's polarizing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it becomes yeah. very polarizing. Yeah. So I think you know, it's important for us to try to find spaces, inshallah and lead the way with respectful public engagement, uh, respectful private engagement. I don't I don't purport to have the answers to that because I really don't. I think online toxicity, my mm-hmm. approach to it has been just ignore it um, ignore altogether. If follow the uh,
1: ignoring it, maybe it'll go away, Manhaj, as well. <laughs>
0: Well, act- but I don't want it to go away, right?
1: So <laughs> <Yeah>. that's, the- <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's the irony is if you really disagree with someone's uh, statements, actions, and so forth, um, kind of attacking them personally and and um, uh, kind of publicly and that kind of stuff, it naturally just gets people to defend them, uh, and that's what you don't want. <laughs> like you said, yeah. there's d- legitimate criticism. If you, there's a legitimate yeah. criticism about everyone, <laughs> even yeah. beat, beat, uh, umar <laughs> suleiman here. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I normally have personal oh. conversations with them, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was just
0: saying that, you know, you shouldn't let your hatred for people cause mm. you to swerve from justice. And most of the time, it just becomes so. You know, s- psychologically, most people read the headline of an op-ed and they look at the picture and then you know they'll press share before they the even. Comments. Uh, <laughs> just like how naql al-fatwa is a fatwa to, to transition to transfer a fatwa is like giving a fatwa. Mm. When you press share on something, you better you better know what what's in there. Uh, you know, wow. Or, or and تقولوا, uh, you know, what, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and Like you you that's actually right. spread slander and hatred And you didn't know It was just out of ignorance yeah. But we become so driven to camps, right? And it's like anything that's said against that person is haq Because that is a person mm-hmm. of Ba'tin Anything that's said against that person is truth Because that's a person of falsehood And so I'm going to yeah. keep on blasting 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 and you take a step back and you say you know what I need to be able to filter that out for myself and for yeah. others as well and not not uh, not allow myself to fall victim to that
2: to that binary
1: yeah
2: so I had a question actually uh, sheikh so as I guess maybe you will touch upon your journey to becoming an imam um, working in the public space okay in a very much uh, I guess with general society as opposed to your your typical type of imam in the uk at least who are very kind of their own community centric uh brings about its own challenges and opportunities and in today's age which is i guess very materialistic very kind of narcissistic um this i'm talking about generally society as a whole and this is something we as muslims worry about as well how did you make that call between between kind of calling for a spiritual revolution, for want of a better term, in terms of focusing on the community and this kind of wider engagement with society that will have its own challenges. Um, So you're going into the public space, you're going to have to make some judgment calls. This is the reality of anyone who operates in the public. So you're going to have a diplomatic form of leadership versus, a, I guess, a patient form of silence, because we spoke about silence earlier. And between that, saying what's best for my people, am I making the right moves in these new waters? How, how did you navigate through that, or how do you navigate through it still?
0: I think it's important for for you know someone that represents the community uh, to to sort of stay grounded within the community, and and so sometimes you know like, like the journey of of a person that becomes an activist in some capacity is that at some point you know they're 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 operating in the public space and they get. They get tired of getting questions from the community. So it's like, you know what, I'm done with the community. So I still have the identity of Islam and the identity of the Muslim community as I'm operating in the public space. But forget the community because it just gives me a headache. Right. uh, I think that's 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 uh, that can be really destructive to a person's soul um, and to uh, to a person's. Uh, long-term operating. You know, I have the blessing. I, 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 live here in Dallas with Sheikh, I mean, Sheikh Yasir Burjassir in the same masjid. And I know that Sheikh Yasir Bajas has never come to the UK. I don't think he's come to the UK, he really has a great, a great, um, he's just a great, uh, brother, a great murabbi to the community, a great imam, you know, to the community, really someone that, that leads, uh, beautifully, mashallah. And I've enjoyed, alhamdulillah, now being at Valley Ranch Islamic Center with him, um, uh, for like eight years. And, um, you know, Sheikh Yasser would, would always remind me, he would say, you know, uh, you know, don't go so far and then leave the community behind. Make sure that you're, you know, it's slower when you move with the community, but it's more meaningful when you're actually able to take the community uh, with you uh, to important places and sort of show them the way rather than, you know, the individual success story, right? So uh, how do you how do you sort of help the community uh, develop a methodology for engaging the public space rather than just go try to figure it out yourself. And so you're right, there are going to be judgment calls, but I think it's really important for, um, you know, for, for us to stay grounded within the community and to help um, through, uh, you know, through mutual concern and advice, uh, through guidance uh, from our teachers, through communication with our colleagues, through working with one another to figure out, you know, what's the methodology for engaging this space in a way that is going to actually advance um, things that are important to all of us, and it's not going to leave anyone behind. So we have to get out of the mindset of, you know, a Muslim that went places is a success story in and of itself. I think our community has to to move forward, inshallah ta'ala, in ways that uh, we're living up to the mandate of uh, you know, believing in Allah and believing in in the Messenger, sallam, and uh, enjoining good and forbidding evil and and leading the way, you know, shahada al nas. So, I think that that's that's an important part. You know, I'm I'm a volunteer at at my masjid. I've been a volunteer at Valley Ranch Islamic Center. That's not the case when I was in New Orleans. Mm. Uh, my only full time commitment is to Yaqeen Institute. Everything else I do is is you know sort of on a on a irregular basis. And so, but with the masjid here, it's it's important to me because it allows me to stay within the community to sort of, uh, you know, stay grounded within the community without feeling shackled by it, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, and and I and I fall short sometimes. I'm not I'm not saying I've succeeded. There are times that you mentioned it. You know, the community uh, engaging, keeps you in check. <laughs> yeah, there there are times you know, and people have to keep each other in yeah. check. Like we've yeah. got to be able to have, we've got to have people in our lives that don't agree with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, let not one of you see a fault of mine except that they pointed out. So we've got to have people that point out faults, mm-hmm. not from a place of trying to destroy your da'wah, but trying to say, look, this would be better. JazakAllah, khayran, let's not now, if you could do this, do that, maybe you shouldn't have said this, maybe you shouldn't yeah. have done that. And uh, otherwise, it's, it's you'd be in an
1: echo chamber.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. Uh, not very easy anyway. to develop, just to, to divide the world into cheerleaders and haters. Yeah, is that you have to remove the noise, both of excessive praise and destructive criticism. Yeah, you know, and 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 find that sweet spot where you have people in your life that give you uh, positive encouragement, right? Where they don't break your back with praise, and people that give you constructive criticism, where they don't want to destroy your dawah, they want to see you do better with it. So, not afraid to
1: give you a few hadoukins along
0: the way as well. (laughs) <laughs> no one shot a hadouken at me in, yeah. in person at least i've never met a rayu yeah, <laughs> <actually. laughs>
2: you ever, ever spot with your brother-in-law oh man you're bringing
0: <laughs> brother-in-law. you want to know, know something funny about him i and he will he will admit this i bought him his first pair of boxing gloves uh when he was like 12 years old mashallah <laughs> actually taught him like the basics of just you know jab hook cross uppercut like i taught him the basics i i do not suggest that i can beat him up now uh, i'm not trying it but but alhamdulillah he's he's uh he's I'm more completely like completely lost
1: who's Who his brother-in-law who's your brother-in-law sorry
0: <laughs> my brother-in-law is is an mma fighter
2: oh
0: mashallah. Mashallah. yeah 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 uh i don't i don't mess with my brother-in-law i don't mess with my i don't mess with my wife i don't mess with my in-laws i'm 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 a very
1: uh (laughs) so he's your wife's brother rather than your sister's husband
0: correct okay yeah that's the that's the worst
1: type of brother-in-law to have as an
0: expert (laughs) my wife's father is is one of my mashaif he was imam in uh in louisiana for uh for for over two decades and uh you know, he was an imam who could pick up cars. Like, he literally, wow. he's built, mashallah, so strong. Like, after khutbah, he'd just go into the parking <laughs> lot and he could get behind a car. We have pictures of this. He could actually pick a car up no off way. the ground.
1: American uh, cars.
0: So he's got, like, that rock. <laughs> like huge. Right? Uh, so, was, so when he really said your mahar,
2: you didn't really have a <laughs> an excuse to say no, huh? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm.
0: I, I, uh, you know, on a serious note, subhanAllah, I, I you know, I, I, learned a lot about being an imam from my father-in-law. He was, awesome. uh, it was pretty awesome, you know, being able to study like al Jasadikin, and then, uh, you know, he would slaughter an animal for for Eid, and then pick up a car, and then just kind of hang out with, with his students and <laughs> It was a beautiful experience. Uh, I didn't, ent- I didn't think I'd marry his daughter, but alhamdulillah. Is is it true uh, the
2: mahar was a million dollars? No, no, no. You get a mahar story all mixed up. Man. Yeah, I don't tell, correct it, it out, <laughs> for out for both our listeners. My, no, no.
0: my mahar uh so my wife tried to play a trick on me. All right. So she so you know I I um I went into the nikah um you know thinking um you know look, you know she's her dad's my sheikh. This can't be bad. So I didn't, we didn't even talk about mahar beforehand. <laughs> Um, first mistake never, you know it was just like I'm just gonna go into it can't be that rookie bad rookie
1: mistake rookie mistake you know?
0: <laughs> and I brought my, my you know so my dad was my you know my dad asked me about it I said I said you know I don't really know but it's okay whatever they ask is fine so we get it we get to the nikah and the mahab was a hundred grand and a dollar wow Okay. so my father-in-law says he was the one conducting the nikah he says and she wants it now uh, today a hundred grand and a dollar and um, so I was like, uh, I'm looking at him and he's got that, you know, at that point, you know, we were like boys, you know, he is, he's, he's a teacher, but he's someone that I loved and I admired. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of could see that he had a little, a little bit of a, yeah. there was a joke somewhere there. Uh, and my dad's kind of looking up and my dad's a, a professor, a very respectable human being, you know, very, like, so he kind of just looks at me like, I, you should have talked to me first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Basically, time in it, as we'd say, sister-in-law's husband, who was, was very close to me, in, in Arabic, adili, right? So my sister-in-law's husband. Uh, I don't know what the word for it is. Um, call my brother-in-law, but uh, yeah, he have, was uh, like, we had have something it, yeah. Like, oh man, like, 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 is this like a way that you turn someone away? Like, set the out too high? So you set all this up, and then you like put a out that's too high? So I'm like talking. I'm like a hundred grand and a dollar. He's like one hundred grand and a dollar. I'm like a hundred grand and a dollar. So 100 grand I said hundred thousand and one so going back and forth it's all on camera <laughs> never to be released online inshallah so I'm like a hundred thousand and one he's like hundred grand and a dollar I'm telling you exactly what it is so then I realized he was talking about the chocolate bar hundred grand oh. chocolate bar oh, so said, okay. okay she will get her chocolate bar and her dollar tonight inshallah her 100 grand chocolate bar and her dollar tonight inshallah
1: so then he would half the,
0: the bar from his pocket <laughs> so, yeah. and you know then we're laughing covered. and the people that were there a lot of them still have no idea what happened. so we're laughing and celebrating and you know and there's there's one brother who's like really upset and he's like, what a horrible example for the community you know one because at that point I was already I'd just become Imam in New Orleans he was the imam in, in, in Baton Rouge was like at that so he was like he was like this is a horrible example. You know an imam marrying his daughter to another imam and their mahar is a hundred thousand six-figure mahar and what type of example so we had to sit there and actually explain to the people like this is what happened yeah. it was a hundred grand and a dollar so. it's really bad i had My a dollar, dollar on you
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> alhamdulillah Masha'Allah. So I guess um, one thing actually interesting, um, a brother was telling me that back in the day, I think that we're talking about 2010 now, um, he was in Fort Lauderdale Lauderdale, and uh, you were invited to a masjid fundraiser there. Now, um, he goes back in there, I guess you were probably less well known than you are now. And he goes, there was about five people there and you just came in and um, you started the fundraising at $50,000. Right. And he goes that this was quite, mashallah, like a, a developing community. And he goes that at that time, you could see you kind of just come in young imam and, and you rate, started at $50,000. And like it was like no response from the community. And I think, mashallah, from there, I guess you've gone on to do much bigger fundraisers. But I'm sure there will be sort of interesting stories in your background. When you started off as an imam, I guess, what was your steepest learning curve? You know, um, mashallah, from the support of uh, your father-in-law and when you were out on your own.
0: Yeah, it it um. It, it was so much because uh, I inherited a, a post Hurricane Katrina, uh, New Orleans situation, and so, every you know it's not an exaggeration to say that um, I had you know like I had to juggle, almost on a daily basis a janaza, oh, nice. an a talaq, and teach Quran like it was it was so it was all why because a lot of the imams had not come back to their masajid, and so it wasn't just. Uh, you know, I had Maslow al which was the biggest masjid, but then you had a lot of other masjid, the imams had not come back, and so um, the steepest curve, I think, was, to be honest with you, was with the counseling responsibility, because I'm not a counselor, I didn't yeah. want to be a counselor, I didn't have that background, and I had to do everything from, like, changing light bulbs in the masjid, to like, you know, <laughs> uh, to janitorial stuff, to counseling stuff, and, you know, uh, it was it was hard because i'm not i'm not very good at compartmentalizing like i'm not a very good counselor mm. and because i don't know how to compartmentalize like i take things very personally and so that's why like here in dallas like anyone i'm like Sheikh Yasser Brajass is your guy <laughs> you know that's pretty you gross. Know, like i'm I, I can't it's it's tough so that was a very difficult uh, part of it uh, the amount of janazas you know cuz i was i was effectively overseeing the janazas the and ghusl for for eight masjids. Um, and so the amount of janazas, and, and we had to do ghusl ourselves. There was no professional service to do ghusl. So it was literally we had to do ghusl uh, ourselves. And so doing ghusl, my first ghusl of a dead body uh, was, was a man, Allah from Nigeria, who was a student and he, he died in his apartment. He wasn't found until eight days later. Wow. So the, 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 the way that was, that was my first ghusl of a dead body. Uh, it was it was a very traumatic experience and then subhanallah that become, that became what what now you know i'm in dallas where there's a large established community mm. and it's all handled by a cemetery service i actually uh, miss doing ghusl more than any other thing more than anything else as an imam because really? it was the most humbling it, it really there is nothing nothing i think i wrote something about this maybe a year or two ago there is nothing that is better for the heart and more that reminds you more of life than as you're carrying out that responsibility for your brother, um, you know, as you're as you're preparing them for for death. There's nothing. There's absolutely no experience that can parallel. You know, you can still go to janazas. You can you can you can go to the graveyard. Um, you can you can remember death. But Subhanallah, doing wusul for the dead was um, was an experience that uh, I think I think every Muslim should should strive. Uh, yeah. To do that, you know, uh, somewhat not regularly, but but at least to do that to keep their hearts connected to the reality, right? What it looks like to actually wash and prepare a lifeless body,
1: fun, and to
0: remind yeah. yourself that it's going to be you. So it was it was a lot of things that hit uh, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm Grateful cool to Allah for it because I learned more in 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 six years at that six years uh, consecutively of being imam there. I learned more in th- that six years than I could have ever learned, uh, you know, studying.
1: Assalamualaikum guys, me again, reminding you to head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to keep the lights on on Islam 21c. We pride ourselves on being independent and being funded by the grassroots community. Uh, yeah, yeah, subhanAllah. I mean, a lot of brothers who come back from uh, studying abroad, for example, they, they have this shock, you know, that they've been, they've been, um, you know, studying a lot of important sciences and stuff, but when they're coming, uh, <laughs> they're here. They're, they're faced with, you know, a child who wants to run away from home, or you know, some broken, uh, broken family, or someone who needs some serious counselling and stuff. And they're kind of thrown in the deep end. Um, do you have something? I mean, is it part of your your dawah to try and prepare uh, younger, up and coming imams and students of knowledge and stuff to um, to help them hit the ground running in that regard? Is that what, um, partly, you know, uh, your your focus in your dawah?
2: Do you have that culture just to add to that do you have that culture of the, the imams going abroad to study and coming back or is it generally all local is, has there been a shift
0: i'll try, yeah. I'll try to answer both of those yeah. questions um
2: i i
0: though i think it's very important uh, i don't think i do enough in that regard mm. um so it's probably something that i'd like to do more of inshallah to just help people through some of the very practical elements there are people far senior to me in that can help mm. people with the knowledge base. Uh, but I think it's important for us, not necessarily even as mentors, but just as older brothers, uh, to say to people that are coming back, like, look, you know, you're you're going to have to approach this with a level of humility and understand that the problems that you think the ummah has versus the problems the ummah actually has. There's going to be a very rude awakening, and it's going to be a, a lot that's going to shake you up. This is no longer debating things online. Like, this is yeah. real life now, and the majority of reasons why people flee from the deen, the majority of reasons why people have trauma in their lives, is because of deeply personal things. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to listen and sit with people's pain, and then try to try to be a source of rahmat to them that the Prophet ﷺ wants. To where even when you say I don't have the answer to your particular issue, but you can still demonstrate, you know, uh, something prophetic to them uh, to help them know that you were there for them, right? And then that's going to change the khutbahs that you give. Yeah. Right. That's going to change a lot about what you talk about. Uh, so personally, I, I, I have not been in, involved in any formal capacity. MashaAllah, mm-hmm. Sheikh Abdel Nasser, Jenda, Mufti Kamani, they have Qalam Seminary here, which is mm-hmm. which is an incredible institution. Alhamdulillah, I always... uh every, I think with they every have bad- a
1: chapter here in the UK as well. Do they?
0: MashaAllah, MashaAllah. Yeah, so, I mean, they, I they, 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 they're, you know, Sheikh Mika'il and, uh, you know, uh, Salah Abrahman Murphy. And now I'm, I'm afraid of missing the names Mufti Muntasir. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Sorry for
1: laughing. You know, when you were saying that about the rude awakening, for some reason, the, the, the quote of Mike Tyson popped into my head. Everyone has a plan before they get punched in the mouth.
0: <laughs> you know? yeah. So you I, have all I, the I theory think... and
1: stuff. Yeah, but you know, this is the, the, all my needs and stuff.
0: It is so true. It is so true. <laughs> so you start off and like, I'm going to teach a class on this and I'm going to talk oh, yeah. about this. And again, all of the ulum have relevance like there's nothing of the sharia that should be left out there's value to teaching uh, aqidah and fiqh yeah. and tafsir and going through the you know the the salihin for the public after salat al and on a regular basis that those sources of guidance should be undisrupted they should be present in every masjid then it's like okay you know how am i going to not talk about the fact that um you know uh, the amount of domestic violence that's happening in my community like how am i not going to talk about this Right. Like, how am I not going to talk about the issue of drugs? How am I not going to talk about pornography? How am I not going to like, am I really just going to pretend none of these dilemmas exist yeah. in my community? And and this is what's causing people deep personal trauma and like they're having issues or, or racism in the masajid. Yeah. Right. Like This is something we should not wait for uh, something to happen on the outside for us to become more introspective as a community and say, all right, well, are we are we really implementing what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi did? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, of treating people uh, like full, dignified, respected human beings and brothers and sisters in Islam when they walk into our masjid doors? Or are we going to wait for something to happen on the outside? And then, you know, oh, the moment is now. St- no, the moment was long ago, right? So, like, you have to, when you get into the grassroots, when when you become an imam and when you're with the community, working with the community, you have to work uh, with the community's issues and you can't just talk over them anymore. Yeah. Uh, or else you're going to have a serious cognitive dissonance. Mm.
2: Do you think we as a community have failed to make mainstream uh, unjust issues our issues or do you think we have we just haven't had the airtime?
0: I would I would just take a step back and I say I think we failed as a community and I include myself in the failure I'm not I'm not saying you know they failed and no I think we failed collectively as a community of demonstrating prophetic concern. Uh, for the people right so we don't we're not we should not be a people that see an opportunity to jump on an issue we should be a people that that see a prophetic priority right and the prophet sallallahu was not someone that like I I, I I keep trying to sit with this like if the prophet sallallahu saw the george floyd video and, and i'm not one of those people i don't like when mm. people say if Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi was here, he would have done this and then assign a very specific direction, which is which you you know, which is I, I, I would never I, I shouldn't say I would never I hope I never do that inshallah because yeah. it's wrong. It's wrong to yeah. say if the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi was here, he'd be doing this and he'd be saying this. Unless we know that he already said it and did it, or it speaks to his general quality. Like mm. can you imagine rahmatan lil Alameen, the one who who cried at or who, who demonstrate empathy for mother bird seeing you know uh, a man with with a knee on his neck uh slowly executed in the public space for up to nine minutes right with that cruelty and that hatred and not being like completely moved by it so the prophet وسلم, uh, who, who asked allah for المساكين, for the love of the poor who said who find me amongst the oppressed so that means if we are not as muslims found amongst the oppressed and that's something that we need to deeply interrogate ourselves with, as a community and as individuals. And even if that means just sadaqah, like I get, I, well, I get that some people don't want to step into mm-hmm. the framework of things. But volunteer, go out there and feed the homeless, go out there and interact with the people, and there is no way that you're not going to come away with some greater perspective on how to change systemically. What is causing them to suffer in that way, whether that's our global politics with our Mm -hmm. our Muslim brothers and sisters and different parts of the world uh, that are suffering due to the war machines generated from the West, or whether that's domestically with our brothers and sisters in humanity, right? And what they're suffering from. So every Muslim should go out there. I said earlier, everyone should specialize. uh, And and I mean that. Mm -hmm. But every Muslim, every Muslim should have some element of their lives where they're actively um, engaging the fuqara and the du'afaa and the masakeen uh, yeah. Even if it's just handing out sadaqa and, and being there and listening to people in pain And talking to them Because that's what softens the heart mm-hmm. you know, Someone complained to the Prophet About the hardness of his heart So he told them to caress the head of an orphan To accompany an orphan and caress his head So that's what softens the heart And that's what helps us develop perspective And, and lens mm-hmm. That we can then put that in conversation with the Quran and the Sunnah, without having to have the the important conversations forced upon us by what's happening outside of us. Instead, we're always searching for yeah. the important courses of action that we should be taking. Right, the prophetic courses of action. We ask Allah to help us all in that. I
1: mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean these types of things. I suppose I hope I'd like to hope that every Muslim, you know, uh, agrees with with the theory. Um, but it's kind of the difficulties when it comes into practice, and that's where you get some um critics, some are, you know, raising maybe um fair objections, obviously some are maybe raising unfair objections and so forth. But just to play devil's advocate here, one of the kind of obje- objections uh, for um you know Muslims going into the public domain and um working on and calling for and cooperating with people on these issues of, you know, helping clear, you know, Maslaha for everyone. Right? You know, uh, helping the poor, the, the the needy, and so on and so forth. One of the criticisms, as you probably know, is you know you have to end up working with people uh, who have some maybe uh, obviously views that you disagree with, right? I mean, the extreme example, LGBT lobby, and that kind of stuff, you know. And they'll say, or you know, the people who are trying to reform reform Islam and that kind of stuff, based on kind of um, maybe white Western horizons, yeah, like liberalism and so forth. Um, so what would you say if somebody kind of criticizes you or anyone else for for that for you know sharing a platform with such and such person or you know um, you know you know the 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 usual criticism I mean what's your uh, what's your view about that
0: I think I think look there are the loud uh, there are the 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 very you know (laughs) the very far criticisms that are uh, that, that just accuse Muslims of of of, of you know seriously uh, wrong things, and then mm-hmm. there are the fair critics. So I want to focus on fair critics, right? So yeah. I think it is a very fair criticism, a very fair criticism that when you go to a space, are you lending more credibility to that space, or are you bringing an Islamic uh, presence to that space? And it's something that we have to juggle in our lives yeah. um, all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that the, the answer to that is that we need to develop frameworks, right? So, uh, you know, Sheikh Dawood Walid wrote the book Towards Sacred Activism. I recently actually taught a class at Qalam uh, with the seminary students and, and put out the notes on uh, towards a sunnah framework. I think we need to b- build off our framework so that we're not ambiguous, right? Yeah. I don't think that we can. We can. Uh, actually, let me just put it this way. We cannot. Uh, not I don't think. We cannot ever support anything religiously politically uh socially culturally that is opposed to the quran and the sunnah not in the capacity of lgbt politics or in the capacity of uh, cve or surveillance or some of the others we can't support any of that stuff any of it any element of it that opposes the quran and the sunnah right so the idea is how do you live the quran and the sunnah in the public space and if you're in a society a pluralistic society uh, you're going to have to work with people who hold differing beliefs and differing, you know differing viewpoints than you. So what that means is that I think that uh, you know it's important for us to demonstrate. and this is what I'm actually writing an article right now on um, on interfaith versus multi-faith. Uh, we We formed a, a coalition here in Dallas called Faith for Dallas, and we called it a multi-faith coalition rather than interfaith coalition. So, I'm actually writing an article for religion news service on the difference between multi-faith and interfaith. and you know, how we how we can, you know, really in, encourage people, look, you know, come to the table, uh, be the, you know, be yourself, be who you are. You, you know, you're a Christian, you're a Jew, you're you're a Muslim, whoever you are.
2: You Authentic. don't have
0: to compromise your you don't have to compromise your religion. Like we don't have to start mixing liturgies and prayers in order to uh, to be a healthy cooperation. Right. So mm. what we're looking for is that everyone has their particularities. Uh, we certainly have ours as Muslims, right as orthodox Muslims so the the question becomes what's a healthy table to be at? Yeah. and the way that I generally try to define that is that the issue should be very specific. So we are here right now to work on police brutality. Mm. Police brutality is the issue i'm I'm actually I'm on a a a, a task force right now um, you know that that is that is actually uh, you know putting forth. Uh, very specific demands Mm. to change policing in America. Whoever else is at that table for that issue, I'm not carrying the baggage of everything else they carry, because right now this is the issue. And so I think it's important for us to work on issues and be very specific to the issues that we're working on. That doesn't mean seeking problematic alliances. That means that there are inevitably going to be times that if you're going to be effective in society and work on these specific issues, whether it's homelessness or or, or poverty, or, or policing, or racism, or healthcare, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. That there are inevitably going to be people at the table that are not going to agree with you on a lot, and you're not going to agree with them on a lot. So what, what what's important for us is stick to the issues, um, be unambiguous about where we stand on our own identity. Mm -hmm. and uh you know not to not to carry out or not to carry on the baggage of everyone else and then to find that place of harmony and and coexistence that's important inshallah for us all as we're living in these societies so we should create frameworks and i think that's what's going to help us navigate through and that's what we need you know people who love their deen and who also want to see a place for their deen working together to try to figure out you know how do we Mm -hmm. navigate these very, very gray areas where we're inevitably going to make mistakes. How do we navigate the gray areas with a sense of love and mutual concern from, with one another? I want I want my brother or my sister that's passionate about this issue to succeed and not to fall to, to the pitfalls what so many Muslim activists have fallen to where they ended up championing issues that are just are not okay for us to champion. Yeah. I don't want a Muslim brother or sister that's kind of on the edge to feel like, well, this is the only way to be effective right now in the public square. Yeah. No, let me pull you back and let's say, okay, you can be orthodox, an orthodox Muslim, uh, a Muslim who abides by the Quran and the Sunnah in the fullest sense, and not have to fall to those pitfalls. You don't have to go that far. You can, you can stay here. You can craft a meaningful yeah. space for yourself. And we, we're, we wouldn't be the first community to do, to do that. There are other religious communities that have crafted a very meaningful space for themselves. That, you know, they have not fallen to the left or the right schism, right? They, they, they are who they are. And as Muslims, we should be leading the way, inshallah ta'ala, of not being, you know, uh, uncritically, you know, uh, Republicans or Democrats, mm. left or right. Uh, but instead, you know, just, just living Islam, right, in the fullest sense. And having an authority when we speak on issues because we're present on the issues that are of importance to society.
1: Assalamu guys. Last reminder, I promise. Head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to help this movement get to the next level. So we have genuine, high quality media articulating Islam in the 21st century and developing confident Muslims impacting the world for the better. Yes,
2: of
0: course.
1: You have credibility with, with people then. And uh, that's, that's one of the problems of polarizing. Um, because somebody who is teetering on the edge who, you know, maybe they, they have that zeal and that, that eagerness to um, be active and, and make some positive change. If somebody, if they perceive there to be a polarization, and that could push them even further into the hands of those who do genuinely want to deform and change Islam, for example, using um, activism and so forth. I mean...
0: Um, people are sincere. Yeah. I mean, this, Most this... people are sincere in what they want to do, and so most people both the Mm -hmm. critics of activism and most people that engage in activism, like there's a sincere concern. Mm -hmm. And once you start casting, you know, you say this person is trying to change the Dean or this person's just don't, you know, like, Hey, Mm -hmm. let's just pull it. And that's the point of the in-person, like, let's just pull everyone in a room. If we can just be like, Hey, (laughs) what is it you're trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. You don't have to go that far. Uh, Let's talk this out like brothers and sisters. And, And we don't have those spaces, which is why I think sometimes it devolves into
1: toxic mm. online discourse. I mean what you said about sticking to specific issues it kind of echoes the Quranic methodology as well. birri wa la wal That cooperate on birr and taqwa. So Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala made the the deciding factor on the actual thing that you're cooperating about not with whom you're cooperating.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what al fudul is about and and I'll play my own critic here. Uh, A a healthy critic will say how much of it, though, is on paper about the issue and how much of it is dominated by other partners and the baggage that Mm. they bring. And so that's where the judgment call comes in. Right. Mm. So if I'm going to work on this issue and I believe that this issue is 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 important for us to be present on. Mm. And there are people that are there at the table who inevitably I don't agree with on everything. But sometimes there are 20 partners on on paper there's really only one person that's driving, you know, one, one organization that's driving.
1: Could be just uh, a tokenistic.
0: So We have meditation. to, you know, I think that's where the judgment call comes in. I think mm-hmm. that's where, um, you know, healthy debate comes in, uh, you know, amongst us as Muslims. Like, how do we how do we do this without, you know, the ACLU is, is, is an example, the, you know, for here uh, that, that was really championing the call against uh, the Muslim ban in the United States, right? ACLU stands for, sorry? Uh, the the American Civil Liberties Union. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting I'm to the British audience. So, I mean think of a legal organization, yeah. right, that is fighting on behalf of and I might have I might have actually messed up the acronym because I always say ACLU <laughs> I might I might have messed up the name. But anyway, think of a legal organization that's fighting on the rights of Muslim for yeah. for the rights of Muslims on an issue. But then on another issue, you might actually find yourself opposed to them as a community. Mm. Does that mean I'm going to shut the ACLU out when they uh, when when they come to be a, a healthy partner on this issue? Uh, or am I going to maintain sort of a neutrality and integrity where okay, well, this is something we can work together on, but you know there are other things that look we're gonna have we're going be on opposing ends here. Yeah. Um, and that's okay because as Muslims we don't we're not we cannot become tribal and we can't yeah. fall to the polarization of society. And become, you know, uh, uh, you know, one party or one ideological trend, and always associated with that. Like we've got to have that, that balance and that integrity about us, to where yeah. we speak to issues and we speak on principle, and we then form partnerships around those issues of principle, uh, yeah. because there is, that's, I think, there is a, yeah, that's ultimately more just, too far to, to one extreme or the other. That yeah. is a legitimate fear. And we've got to be careful,
2: inshallah ta'ala. In, in, uh, in practical that's... terms, though, Sheikh, sorry to interrupt you. Um, in practical terms, I guess, with the leadership, the current U.S. leadership, are you finding that those alliances are almost automatically being made for you just by, by fact that the, the government's quite right-wing in its sense? I, I can imagine before you could get involved in, uh, without being obviously political, Whereas now any stance you take is automatically going to be seen almost as a political stance as well
1: or well, in other words would you maybe would you work with republicans on a particular issue or would you always oh, always be
0: yeah so so both of those those points are very important and, and they do they do tie together. I think it's easier for uh, Muslims to in a place of fear. So I actually wrote this article for Huffington Post. It's called Muslims and the Left. Can social conservatives be involved in social justice? Uh, a few years ago, when I was kind of seeing the trend of, 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 mm. of Trump uh, in America, right, where it feels like Muslims are uncritically embracing the left, uncritically embracing the democratic platform, which I think is deeply problematic, right? Just to say, all right, well, you know, these people hate our guts, so we're going to just jump, yeah. jump. Like, we've got to... I think that we have to maintain, and, and there are going to be some people, and this goes back to the point of specializing, All right, yeah. There are going to be some people that are going to work center left and some people that are going to work center right. So you're going to have those Muslims that were traditionally Republicans, and Rep- the Republican Party has gone far right fascist, that will kind of work with uh, reasonable Republicans that they're, 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 they're not as many these days, but yeah, I reasonable say. Republicans that... Um, that that, that don't represent, you know, what what the Republican Party is really devolving into. And there are going to be Muslims that are going to kind of work center-left, right? And on some issues, I'll be very honest with you, like, when I'm working on uh, anti-militarism, most of the people that that, that will work in anti-militarism spaces, especially those that persisted in those spaces in the Obama era, because under Obama, a lot of people didn't want to criticize U.S. US militarism anymore. So Mm. he could drop drones because he was still cool. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, no, he's uh, great. America's first. Like Twenty-six thousand
1: drones dropped bombs drones dropped in this drones, final year or
0: something. You know, he's droning Somalia. He's still rounding up immigrants. ICE was terrible under Obama's era, and so most of the people that would still work in the spaces of anti-militarism mm. were far left. Left of so, like on those issues, fine. But then on issues, for example, um, you know, like. Uh, um, you know, like uh, religious freedom and what religious freedom actually is going to mean for Muslims and institutions. A lot of what you all went through in the UK, um, and and I actually praised, uh, and and I do. I think that the letter, for example, that the imams wrote, that's published on Islam 21C, is a, is a, is a great example of like how to articulate your position uh, as a community so like on, them, yeah. on on issues while um, while while not, while not departing from your principles, right? Oh. And so. I think that sometimes it's going to mean that, look, we're going to have to sit in the room and say, "Okay, how do we protect ourselves as religious institutions, Mm. um, you know, and and not fall prey? We're not we're not white supremacists trying to take over society or use issues like wedge issues like Orthodox Jews and and AME, you know, the African Methodist Episcopal uh, African-American church here in the United States, which is the Church of Civil Rights and Rosa Parks and the church that was actually shot up in. Uh, a few years ago in south carolina mm-hmm. they're a conservative church they're socially conservative so like how are those communities going to work together and say look uh we we have to you know we have to draw a line yeah.
1: uh
0: and you know where institutions uh mm-hmm. can still uh, function properly and you know when you have democrats that are threatening uh you know 501c3 status for religious institutions because they uh, they, they have traditional uh, views of 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 any of marriage or whatever it may be. That's dangerous. Like you're crossing a line. So that's why I think Muslims stay principled. We we should work on issues. We should not be tokenized. We should not yeah. uncritically use any uh, any particular platform or party. And we should we should always lead the way. I think in terms of civil discourse. Like okay, like we disagree with you on this, but we're not going to be toxic. We're not going to yeah. you know. We're not gonna to be toxic. And the last thing on the Republicans, the Uyghurs. Mm. Look, your Uyghur issue. I you know, and, and that's an issue that, 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 that I that Allah me to be able to work with on some things. Like, you know what? There were a lot of Republicans that worked on the Uyghur issue. Yeah, mm. they wanted to take shots at China, but <laughs> you know what? Fine. If that's your, your motivation, fine. Are you gonna help me yeah. work with the oil are you gonna work with the oiler community and the people that are raising the the, the cause of religious freedom? Uh, for the Uyghurs, because if you're yeah. just going to talk about religious freedom, as in your evangelical churches here and Christian persecution, and you're going to ignore the biggest violation of religious freedom in the world right now, then yeah. you're being deeply yeah. critical. So that's where we work with, you know, Republicans and conservatives as well. I think that's
1: very, that's, that's key, you know, I mean, and, and the joint statement, uh, the LGBT one, that was motivated by, Something that I'm I'm always getting annoyed at, and when and that is when Muslims wander into debates amongst kind of rival non-Muslim factions and take sides, rather than carving out and laying out our own uh, stall, so to speak, and saying, look, this is us. We want to do our own politics. Uh, we're we're going to talk about issues. Anyone who agrees with us on this issue will work with anyone. Anyone who agrees with us on this issue will will work with everyone. Uh, and it's really it's really disempowering when when Muslims have to and some of we a lot of us we do this kind of unconsciously and that is where we've been taught to express our concerns through the language of something a pre-existing dichotomy or either left or right or authoritarianism liberal uh, libertarianism or, or whatever is the case and this is something that we we're trying sometimes we would try and push that you know try and articulate your own position Narrative. your own values your own narratives be your own the the kind of cliche now of what we're always talking about be authors of your own narratives rather than characters in someone else's story, you know. And, that's um,
0: that's the answer to the to the answer to the community um, maybe going too far left on issues yeah. is not a right wing Muslim response. The answer is Islam. The answer is Islam from our community developing our own frameworks, um, and and that's going to take some internal debate. That's also going to take intelligence. Um, you know, for us to uh, to be strategic, to be uh, to to put aside our egos, to be willing, because when you craft something that's balanced, no one's gonna like it. <laughs> you know, you're gonna get, you're gonna get beat up by people that are gonna say you're too soft, too hard. This is too far this way, too far that way. It's just a natural. I think <laughs> you're you're gonna have critics on all sides, and I'm sure that letter that got published on Islam 21C. I'm sure some people thought it was too soft. I'm I'm 100% sure that that was probably a criticism that you all received. And I was watching, you know, Imam Ajmal, uh, is it Mansour or Masour? Uh, yeah. Who, and in his interviews, I'm sure some people fro- throwing, you know, like, mm. you messed up here, you messed up there. The reality is, is that difficult situations are going to require us to, uh, to really try to find our voice. And our voice cannot become the voice of, you know, Fascists and white nationalists that hate our guts and then using that language. No, that's that's not us. That's not us, but we're also a religious community. And the left is becoming increasingly hostile. And I hear this from the religious left. I hear this from religious uh, moderates that are that are that that are really passionate about certain issues where they feel that sometimes there is a hostility to religion in some of those spaces that's unacceptable.
1: Yeah.
0: And so Muslims should craft. Their own language, their own frameworks, and that means that when we speak, our epistemology, our our issues, our language, it has to be the sunnah, and uh, that's why I did the, the the course on the forty hadith on on social justice. It was an attempt. It was an attempt to how do we start to articulate frameworks on justice? Yeah. Uh, and inshallah, ta'ala, I'm actually I actually I'm finishing up the book right now called Forty on Justice. So that's not, so not a shameless plug but it's actually <laughs> actually it is pretty maybe it is a shameless plug but Not inshallah true. that's something that as uh, long as we get
1: a few free copies inshallah I'm
0: just uh, putting it together inshallah <laughs> so we can yeah. have our own frameworks on these things inshallah, inshallah.
1: I agree with I everything, guess... everything you said Swana about that I mean I know you have to go soon because you have a big important meeting probably with some task force somewhere <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I want to just quickly at the end just ask you about about uh, what's the next steps now for you for Yaqeen for Yaqeen Institute uh, for Islamic research, uh, if you could just give us a few, you know... And also post-Covid, your, your
2: video? if you can, wrap it in as well, yeah. so we save time, wrap in post the post-Covid world.
0: Yeah.
2: SubhanAllah, post-Covid changed a lot
0: uh, for everybody, right? And so with Yaqeen, there was just an intense pressure suddenly to really step up on content production. Um, so alhamdulillah, with Yaqeen, um, we formed as a think tank, as a, as a nonprofit profit 501 501c3 um, think tank where everything we do is free and we try to reach as many places as possible. And that was because we recognized that Islamophobic think tanks are well-funded and they don't have any subscription mm-hmm. models. They're just trying to get as high as they can on Google and penetrate as many spaces, mainstream or otherwise, as possible. And so we wanted to bring Islam uh, to, to, uh, forward in that regard. So alhamdulillah, we actually, we have a staff of over 40 now. Uh, so what, what it looks like is we're continuing to develop research, take the research, package it in with the creative team, turn it into infographics and short videos and animations. Uh, marketing team, marketing here means that they just make sure that that reaches the places that it needs to reach in terms of media, in terms of uh, Muslim spaces. We have an engineering team that makes apps and things of that sort. We have a curriculum team that is packaging all of that for all of uh, all of the different institutions in the community for free. Islamic schools, MSA, uh, ISOCs, um, uh, YM, Young Muslims, Masjid, all these different groups, Masajid. Uh, and we have, and, and I always forget some teams, so I'm going to try not to this time. <laughs> we have a partnership team which, which holds hands with institutions to make sure that they're able, inshallah to make the use of that. And then finally, the development team, which is the fundraising, we're going to aqeen. So, alhamdulillah, we've grown. And our goal now, inshallah ta'ala, is to, uh, take is over to continue the world. to produce more meat. <laughs> no, don't do that.
1: <laughs> now your PhD is making sense.
0: <laughs> you're, giving, yeah. you're giving someone a clip that can <laughs> end up somewhere. No, yeah. uh, our goal is, our goal, inshallah ta'ala, is to inspire the world, not take over the Anshallah. world, inspire the world, with the beauty of Islam. Okay. <laughs> Of the okay. okay.
1: So okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah. Inspire. <laughs> yeah. No, <there's>
2: no... <laughs> you can wink with your eyes open. That's amazing. shit. <laughs> <laughs> <see> that <laughs> no. I mean, I like you open That's amazing. Yeah, that's sh- amazing. Sh- that awesome. awesome. to work together
1: again in the future, inshallah uh, Just I mean, a quick yeah. question at the end. I heard uh, along the grapevine. I don't know if this is a true uh, narration, but. I heard that Jonathan Brown can do more press ups than you, push ups, and is generating better
0: fitness. That I don't know is. if that's That's not true at all, sorry. Yeah. Doctor Brown. Um so Dr. Brown, you, you mentioned my brother in law who's an MMA fighter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Brown challenged him to to a push up competition. It didn't go well. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, no, I I, I, I can definitely do more push ups than Doctor Brown. Yeah.
1: I but think you have, have to have a I had to head at yeah. some point.
2: If you did it with his books on your back versus him doing it with your books on his back, who would do more? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Mashallah. Allah okay. bless you. Love bless you l- l-
1: l- l- I know you uh, You need to um, head off now, so uh, I'll let you go, inshallah. Um, for uh, attending. And uh, anyone watching at home, to you as well. Thank you for watching. Uh, if you like this podcast, give it a like and a share. Um, yeah, get involved in the comments. Let us know what you think uh just a reminder where you can get these podcasts wherever you get podcasts from apple google spotify castbox all the rest of that good stuff and uh yeah keep uh keep uh stay tuned to
2: Yaqeen, uh, stay tuned
1: to sam chulenci and uh, we'll see you next time final words omar
2: uh, look uh, out omar for Suleyman. That's right. Look out for Sheikh Umar Salman's book, 40 Hadith on Injustice, inshallah. We look forward to there's There was a we plug unjust- earlier. Justice. on in- justice. On justice, yeah. Against injustice. <laughs> yeah. For-
1: <laughs> yeah. And the whole 2022 takeover plan. Uh, that's, that's still right. in the pipeline.
2: That's right. And please don't <laughs> be disappointed if you meet me instead of the real Sheikh Umar <laughs> I apologize for that. Jazakum Allah, everyone. Jazakum Sheikh Umar Salman. Allah bless you and all the great work that you're doing. And allow us all to benefit from you and your team for many years to come, inshallah.
0: Zaklaw khayran I appreciate played about a kickam
2: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah alaikum.